Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. I admire people that can just do things in one take or just in general people who can talk without a plan or direction. I always think that I can, but then just like yesterday with this podcast, I recorded the entire episode, scheduled it out to go at its usual time this morning, 3.33, wrote up all the social media posts and an email to go with it, and then come bedtime, I decided I needed to redo it and rework it and re-record the entire thing. This happens to me a lot, and I've been working on speaking more off the cuff and impromptu this past year, as you'll hear next week when I talk to my guest, Angela Lucier, the owner of Speaker Sisterhood, but I am still not quite there yet. So I still need some sort of outline, some notes, and in my first iteration of this podcast, I did not have that. It was actually very scary. Um, but it's kind of fitting for the theme of today's episode and ties right in because what I want to share with you on on this episode, the last episode of 2021, are some of my reflections through stories, of course, on the past year. So I woke up at 4.45 this morning And my brain was like, Eureka, Emily, now is the time. You need to sit down and pull this thing together now. So I I heated the call and uh, now I'm recording this at 6.30 in the morning and I've had one and a half cups of coffee and I usually only have one. So this could be terrifying. Hold on to your hat. And just in case this is your first time listening to the She Built This podcast, welcome here. Um, I'm Emily Aborn, the host of this podcast, a content writer, and the owner and founder of She Built This, which is a woman's entrepreneurship community. I have been loving hearing about the ways that people discover the podcast for the first time and then how the podcast leads people to either reach out to me personally or to be part of the group. It's very, very exciting and I think it's only going to get more exciting from here. So with those hats that I wear, what you end up getting here on this podcast is a mix of inspiring stories from women entrepreneurs and the people in their lives who support them. You get marketing and writing tips that you can use to grow your business, general education around all the facets of mind, body, and soul, because let's face it, when you own a business, well, really when you live life, it's all of those things and then some. And of course, you also get episodes like today, which are just like a babbling brook of grab bag, who knows what. You have been warned. You have been fairly warned. All right, and one more thing, and then we will dive into the actual bones of this puppy right now until the end of the year, which means actually just two more days and some change. Uh, New members joining the She Built This community can save 15% on any of the membership levels. And there are actually, this year we've added in three new tiers based on what you wanna get out of the group and how you wanna use the group for your business. Here's the thing. There's zero coupon code. You just go to shebuiltthis.org. It will be automatically added to your order at checkout, but you have to hurry because the sale is going to end when the ball drops. Eastern time, 
Well, actually, technically, I guess I don't know if the ball drops on December 31st or January 1st. So the sale ends at 11.59 Eastern time on December 31st. And the three membership or the levels are such that you can literally become a She Built This member for just $4.25 a month. And that's going to get you a basic listing in our online searchable by industry directory and a one-time opportunity to promote any member-to-member discount that you want in our She Built This group. And then there are two more levels from there. But basically, this is the best price you're going to get all year. And the price is going to remain at the sale price for as long as you remain a member. You can ask your CPA, but I bet you that you can write off your She Built This membership as an educational or marketing expense because we are all about the business building and the education and the growth, community networking, and more. Think of it kind of like you would like a chamber membership. So if you have more questions, um, you can get those answered and also join us by visiting shebuiltthis.org. And I'd like to give you a preview of what's happening next week, next month, next year, (laughs) January. The theme of the podcast and the She Built This community is going to be visibility in January. And my first guest of the month is Angela Lucier, founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, who I mentioned before. She's going to be talking about how we can get out of our own damn way when it comes to visibility. And I also have some other really exciting stuff in store for you next month too, but I'm going to leave you hanging on that. So as always, just make sure that whatever podcast app you're using, you follow, subscribe, like, I don't know, whatever it tells you to do. Make sure that you hear these episodes when they come out every Wednesday, usually at 3.33 a.m. Okay, on to story time. And who knows what else we'll toss in here. Everyone keeps talking this week, which realistically, I feel like this week started last Monday People are just talking about how like it's a weird one. And the time between the the Christmas craze and New Year's, it's got us all kind of feeling the holidays or as I like to call it, the holiday vortex. But this week I am staying home, staying cozy and getting caught up on a lot of work. I may be forced to leave my house to run one errand, but literally I'm just kind of like getting all caught up. So for Christmas, we went to my husband Jason's sister and brother-in-law's house and our typical family Christmas, um, there are usually a lot of us there. She has two kids, their other sister Sarah has one child, and then their dad, aunt, uncle, cousin, and cousin's fiance were all going to be there. I think if I'm doing the math right, it was going to come out to be 13 of us there. And we all did exactly the right things to make sure that this family celebration was going to be happy, holy jolly, and most importantly, healthy and safe given, you know, the times that we're living in with COVID. So we all committed to taking COVID tests, uh, like at certain times, and everyone stayed away from other friends and kept a low profile, and we were like ready to have some fun. Well, what ended up happening was that four of the people in our party attended a party on Christmas Eve Eve. And now the caveat to that party was also that everyone had to be tested before getting together. But someone made a mistake and forgot to actually check the results of his test, which came via email. So yes, he took the test, 
but he didn't think for some reason that he should maybe check to see if it was negative or positive. So after breathing all over everyone, he went to the bathroom for a moment as the night was wrapping up, and he must have taken that instance to check his emails and found his positive test result waiting for him. You've got mail, anyone. Um, So he comes out and informs everybody at the party and like, what a buzzkill, womp womp. He ends up ruining it for four of our family members who were coming to our Christmas because now they had been exposed to COVID and couldn't ethically or morally expose the rest of us. I'll say this, if I ever need to shut down a party and get my guests to go home, you know, like if people are overstaying their welcome, I'm just going to walk out of my bathroom with my phone in my hand and tell them that I just got my test results back from my COVID test. That was not cool. Um, And I tell you this story because this story is a great example of how 2021 has felt for me a little bit, and maybe for you too. It's like the year... The universe just gave us a giant stay tuned. I feel like I'm constantly saying like, keep me posted or I'll keep you posted and just fully expecting that my own plans are going to change or someone else's plans are going to change. Now, something you should know about me, as I alluded to at the beginning of this podcast, I love a plan. I thrive on a plan. I need a plan. I would venture to say I need a plan. I moved a lot when I was a kid and I've had like 42 jobs. And I think now as an adult, I just like glom onto every shred of stability and consistency and certainty that I possibly can. It's like I went from things being constantly temporary to now just wanting everything in my life to last forever and know what is coming next. And as we know, Plans have been fewer and further between and harder to come by in the past year. And it's funny, I remember in 2019, like in my own personal life, we'd just gone through like a little bit of a crazy five years from opening our retail store to buying a house to getting married to the fast track to growing a second business to it was just a lot in a relatively short period of time. And so as we approached the finish line of 2019, we were like exhausted. (laughs) And I think. A lot of people in my circle were really hopeful that 2020 was the year. In 2020, we were going to do all the things, go all the places, meet all the people. 2020 was our year. In the entrepreneurial world, I just heard people say that constantly. And 2020 was the year that so many hopes were like high as apple pie. And of course, as we know, they got squelched a little bit. Now, mind you, I actually enjoyed staying home. And I really loved the clarity that I gained for my business during that year. I didn't hate all the outdoor time. I really loved it. And in general, 2020 was a a really good year for me personally. But then here comes 2021. And I think everybody had hopes in a different sort of way. They were a little bit duller, uh, altered, less dependable, but still very high. And this year did a number on our hopes. It made you feel as though there is very little we can rely on happening anymore for certain. And even when you're in your car, literally on your way to where you're going, it can change in an instant. Life has always been like this, but I think that these past two years have just really brought this to light a little bit more for us. And it also sort of made things feel like, you know, because you can't rely on them happening anymore, like why get your hopes up in the first place? At least that's what happened for me. So sometimes hopes in general just felt like a little bit frustrating and lackluster. And sometimes I I noticed myself even putting up a barrier to letting my hopes get up. 
So this brings me to story number two, the trip to the Catskills in New York back in July. We had planned a family trip, again, with Jason's family, the same crew, actually, uh, in the Catskills in New York. And we hired a dog sitter. We packed the truck. We got underway. We're on time and according to plan. This year has been like a little bit rocky for me physically, none of the details of which I will bore you with here. But during July in particular, I was getting very frequent headaches and I'd had like this mondo headache for days on end and I could not shake it. And I just felt really off in my body in general that day. Um, I also struggle with like a lot of anxiety around being in a vehicle and getting car sick. So on that particular wet, rainy, cold July morning, it was just like the perfect storm. My husband and I made it about 30 minutes down the road when the anxiety and the panic like really took over. And I was like, can we just pull over and stop for a minute? It was really frustrating. And it was also like very kind of like humiliating for me because this is something I've worked on so hard with my therapist and taking all these fancy herbs and working on my diet, my sleep, and all these mental gymnastics I can perform when I get into a situation like this. And it just didn't work for me in this moment. If you know what anxiety feels like, it feels, the only way I really know how to describe it is it's like a little bit of a wave, like moving through your body or like this icky blanket that you just like can't shake off of you. And it becomes all you can think about in that given moment. And so unfortunately, I just didn't feel like I was going to be able to make this entire five hour drive when this was already happening to me in minute number 29. So Jason turned the car around and drove me home. The dog sitter went home like, thank you. We won't be needing your services. And I missed a really, really great time with his family because of it. it and it was very hard. Um, which trust me, I had like a totally fun time beating myself up about that and feeling like a failure and worrying that I was going to be like this for the rest of my life. And I kept telling Jason, you know, I'll I'll come tomorrow. I'll try again tomorrow. But he kind of told me like, it's probably just best for you to rest and relax and restore, you know? So I ended up having a weekend home by myself with just me and my dog Clyde. Now here's the good thing in this story, the silver lining, if you will. While this experience was like emotionally very challenging for a couple of days, the, the silver lining is that it was really the straw that broke the camel's back. And how's that for two cliches in one? And it drove me to, to get more help for my anxiety. Like I realized I had no desire in limiting my quality of life like this. And so I had to raise my hand and ask for more help. And the woman who helped me, is amazing. She's going to be on my podcast soon and I'll share more about our our experience and our time together. But hello, cue the like keep me posted because here it was in full force yet again. My hopes were very let down and I feel like this was just the lesson that I kept on learning this year like time and time and time again listening to what's happening around us, uh, being aware of what's happening inside of us, and also paying attention to what we value and what we desire for our lives and our quality of life, because those things can change too. 
And they can influence how we make our decisions and how we act in any given moment. So that's why I say, keep me posted, keep us posted, I'll keep you posted. It was like always some sort of variation on that this past year as we adapted and updated according to new realizations and new information. And unfortunately, in this instance in July, like I had every intention of going, but I was forced to be very aware and listen to my body and change course. All right. Story number three. I think we're on the third story. Um, This is the great dog debacle of 2021, which is a combination of both plans changing and making decisions differently which is like my number one lesson of 2021, but it's like kind of combined into one. So I just feel that over this past year, like my decision-making has really changed and it's become a lot less reactive and more proactive by asking more questions and looking at whether or not things align with my values, learning to trust my gut and listen to my gut, and also being okay when the direction changes and trusting that the shift is going to be a good thing in the end. So in May, we launched into our quest for a second dog. And I feel like this, I just have all the love in the world to give. And I wanted to bring in another little snuggly fur pile into our house who got to be the recipient of all of that love. And I also thought it would be just perfect for Mr. Clyde, our current dog, to have a friend. So it was these things driving our search. And Jason and I looked for months and months and months. We did meet and greets. We asked tons of questions about like each and every dog. And we also wanted to be sure we really understood like the process with each place because every place had a different process. And we also uh, wanted to make sure that the timing for us was like 100% right and perfect. So we actually ended up taking a little honeymoon to the White Mountains. Literally, this was like our first time ever, uh, just us, in nine years. And so we waited until after that. And when we got back, it was on. Now, by that point, I was all but like dog obsessed and dog crazed and my search intensified. But then... I found her, this little nugget, we named her Annie. She just kind of like plopped up on our radar and we decided to give it a whirl. We ended up doing uh, foster to adopt, which was sort of like, you know, it was great because we were helping the shelter either way, giving the dog a place to go in the interim, even if that place was not going to be permanently ours. And we got to know her and Clyde got to know her as we did that. So it all seemed to be like kind of ideal. And it was going pretty well at first. I say pretty well because Jason did have to sleep on the couch for like in a week because she not only whined every night in her crate, but she like thrashed in her crate. And uh, it was really hard for me to get work done that week because this dog needed a lot of exercise. And it was like during one of my busiest months. So it was like my pedometer was hitting like 20,000 steps every day while she was here. And I was still somehow like holding down the floor with my client stuff. Anyway, we were both sleep deprived and exhausted and stressed because we really wanted it to work, but it had taken a very drastic turn for the worse. I'd say like day two and a half and Clyde and her were just not getting along. And it was like, not cool. Everyone said, oh, don't worry, don't worry, it gets better. And I do remember like going to bed one night crying. I just wanted to make a good decision for us all. And it was really hard. We felt a lot of pressure from the shelter. We really wanted this to work. But 
I also just really wanted like Clyde to be back to his normal, loving, sweet self. And we finally called it and decided that we just couldn't keep her because the two of them were not jiving fast enough and we didn't have more time to allow that to naturally happen. So Jason drove her back, um, drove her to her new home, and she and Clyde were like in the garage just before he left and it got really nasty and I was like okay I knew in that moment we had made the right decision for us at the time after when we had a chance to like step back it gave us an opportunity to reevaluate what we saw for our own lives and like what we valued and like in our home Jason and I very much value peace and simplicity and calm and ease, like the opposite of chaos, basically. And while I do think that that would have happened in the long term, the upheaval and stress was not something that we wanted at this time, especially given everything that we've just transitioned through and what we're planning for the next couple of years in our personal lives and in conjunction with our business lives. So we decided for now that Clyde gets his wish of being a one-dog show, and I have just doubled the amount of love that I pour into his life while he gets to enjoy it with us. And maybe this doesn't seem like a big decision to many of you, but for me, it was a really big, really challenging decision. And it was so hard because something that like we so clearly wanted and we worked really, really hard for didn't work out, and it was such a letdown. And it made us feel like we were doing something wrong and we'd chosen wrong in the first place, but it was just sort of like hard to lose this hope and this dream. At the same time, I also knew it was very much the right decision for us to make. Making decisions based on your values is not always the easiest way. And sometimes it can be really painful to be honest with yourself, to be honest with others, to be vulnerable, and to ask for what you need or what you desire. And sometimes you can even feel like you're hurting someone else or letting them down when you do. So one last story, I promise. This past week, to get to our family holiday, Jason and I ended up uh, driving separately because he had a car appointment on Christmas Eve in the early morning that was going to bring him a whole hour closer to our family Christmas, and it didn't make sense for him to drive an hour drive an hour home, get me after the car appointment, and then drive five hours back to New Jersey where we were going. So we ended up taking two cars. Now, this was okay for me because while I don't love driving myself and I get a little bit tired as a driver, I am only like, I'd say 80% better with my vehicle anxiety. And I felt like this actually would be a good way for me to really like ease that a little bit, especially on the trip back. That first highway you start out on is like one of my worst nightmares as far as being in a car. So, you know, I was like exhausted about three and a half hours in And Jason texted me and said that my niece Annabelle was asking when I would arrive. And so like that gave me all the fuel I needed, you know, like my foot's heavier on the gas, my spirits are renewed. And I'm like, yes, I kept going strong because I just love my niece and nephews. And I love Jason's family so, so much. I feel like I just truly belong with them. And it's a really beautiful, wonderful thing. So we had our family holiday and it was fun. And my sister-in-law and her husband are like world's best host and hostess. So we felt very cared for and of course, very well fed. Well, back 
at home on the ranch over here, um, our dog sitter had actually ended up missing Christmas with his family because there was a random ice storm on Christmas Day here. And I swear, this poor guy has something happen every single time he stays at our house from like power outages to snowstorms to, I don't know, one time Clyde got really sick. But Anyway, so he had missed spending Christmas with his family. And at the same time, my business has also been kind of like bursting at the seams lately. I have a full docket for January already, and I still have two clients to wrap up in December. Plus, I have all of the end of year stuff for She Built This to work on. I just didn't get that much done before Christmas because that week was super weird and wacky and really unproductive in so many ways. So, Needless to say, I am planning, you know, I was planning on working a full week after Christmas this week and I still needed to do like the house stuff. And lastly, I know myself enough to know that leaving on Monday with all of this hanging over my head and a long drive ahead would have me feeling a little bit overwhelmed and more anxious with a situation that I already felt anxious in, which is driving. So I made a really difficult decision to leave one day before everyone else. It was like ripping off a band-aid to have to express this. Like one of my huge values is family and togetherness. And in this moment, I was watching live time where my values were all kind of like colliding into one big mess and trampling over each other. And you're like, how do you make a decision in a moment like that? Like, oh golly, how do you sort all this out? Like I felt like I was making people upset, but if I didn't do what I needed to do, I was making it harder for myself in the long run. I'm sure I wasn't making anyone upset, but it just felt like that. And I worry about these things. So it's kind of this same feeling, which I've experienced many times uh, when you set boundaries with clients or you change your business model and you feel like the decision isn't just impacting you, but it's also impacting other people in your life. When I moved my business to project only work very recently, but I started telling my retainer client, clients, it was just like that same feeling of like a band-aid that needed to get ripped off and I didn't want to do it. It was really hard. And this is so often the case when it comes to making big decisions. We worry about letting other people down. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We don't want to leave them high and dry. But we also need to make the decision that is right for us. And so if we don't make those choices that end up being in line with our values or filling our cup, things actually do end up worse. And I would say they end up worse for everyone. In the case of retainer clients, let's just use that as an example. No one wants me working on their stuff every month if I'm not feeling inspired or worse, if I was feeling like resentful of it. It seems like a recipe for making unhappy clients. So I'm actually serving us both by sharing what I need and making the decision in a given direction. And that's kind of what I mean by moving more to a place of being proactive with decisions this past year versus reactive. And just some small examples. At the beginning of the year, I sort of said yes to like everything that came my way. And I said yes to a lot of things I should have taken more time in considering and seeing if those lined up with my values and the direction I wanted to be going. Some of those things that I did say yes to were like irreversible and very painful. And, you know, a lot, I think it's just so important to when you do decide to give your yes to know why you're saying yes, because 
truly in the long run, that is going to be doing more service to everybody, including yourself. Uh, Some of those things, like for example, resulted in my listeners not getting the value that they deserve because I said yes to someone that maybe I shouldn't have had on my show. Or I said yes to somebody whose values didn't align with my own. Sometimes I said yes to having someone do a workshop for She Built This without fully doing my research. And so, and some of the things that I said yes to just like resulted in my own quality of life being diminished or resenting what I had committed to because it didn't match up to what I valued and how I wanted to live my life. And of course, some of the things I said yes to just were a waste of time. So now mind you, I am a believer that sometimes we need to say yes to things that we might not otherwise because sometimes A, sometimes you need to experience it firsthand and learn from it. I don't know about you, but if people tell me not to do something, I'm probably going to do it. And sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen. And it could end up like being better than beyond your wildest dreams. But also, as you gain knowledge about yourself and start to ask more questions and move closer to choosing things that are in alignment, I think you avoid more often than not the super sticky situations and it gets less and less rocky and you start to give your yeses to things that you feel more 100% in on. And so I think one of the huge keys to making better decisions is knowing thyself and starting to understand yourself more deeply, learn about yourself and really embrace it and share that with others when you need to. So to sum it all up, um, this past year, I have just been faced with making lots and lots of big decisions with clients, with She Built This, with personal things, with my health. And sometimes I went to really like dark places, not knowing what the air quotes right decision was. I don't even think I fully realized how self-exploratory that entire process has forced me to be until I hit record on this podcast this morning. But especially when it came to like how my decisions affected people, it gave me a lot of work to do around why these things were so important to me, why I was taking a stand in any given way, and what really mattered most. And then how do you implement that without cramping anyone's style, hurting anyone's feelings, et cetera, et cetera. I think the more you practice it, of course, the more you understand how to make sure your cup is full and you're not draining someone else's in the meantime. But I think the only way for us to really truly do this is to be honest with ourselves and open with others on a consistent basis. And so often it ends up much better than you expected. Most of the time, people aren't thinking or feeling what you think they're thinking or feeling in the first place. They just want to see you happy and thrive just like you want for them. So this past year was about making decisions based on what you value most and what matters most, uh, knowing yourself and then having the courage to share that with others and speak up and not just saying it, but also backing it with the action. That's the other thing about decision-making that I think sometimes we're not reminded of enough is once you decide the true wind to the sails of the decision is taking the action that goes along with it. And sometimes that action will lead you to new information and new inputs and new decisions. And then you can, of course, shift and change directions as you need to. But so often we get stuck in the decision-making rut, we get stuck there, and we don't take that next step forward into action. All right, so to wrap up all the story time, I'm going to end on a fun 
high note with a mishmash. Uh, I sat down last night with my notebook and I did lots of writing using my end of year reflections guide, which you too can get by visiting shebuiltthis.org backslash 2022 is coming. It's a super fun, stress-free way to reflect on your past year and set intentions for the year ahead. It's like anti-hustle, anti-resolution, anti-goal setting. It's just enjoyment. And I'll make sure that that link is in the show notes, of course. But anyway, last night I was writing mine out and I decided what I wanted less of in 2022 and what I want more of in 2022. So what I want less of is stress, overwhelm, discomfort, and less spending. Stress and overwhelm were already greatly reduced this past year. I've gotten closer to my business looking like how I want it to look and feel. And the same woman that's helping me with anxiety has been helping me a lot with stress and overwhelm, and it is diminishing greatly. But I still have, of course, work to do and look forward to even less of that in the new year. My life is busy. My business is and can be successful without feeling overwhelmed and stressed all the time. I believe this to be 100% true. The same goes for discomfort. I don't believe I need to be contorting myself and in pain and struggling all the time to get to where I want to go. I think that it can be ease-filled and fun. And on the money topic, I had like no plan this year. I just... I had a plan for income, which actually ended up going a totally different way than I thought. It was fine. It just wasn't what I mapped out in you know, that workshop at the beginning of the year. But my husband and I both talked about how we really want to be more intentional this year in making wise decisions in our expenditures and also making it like fun and creative. So how much can we save if we do this instead of that? You know, that kind of thing. And I, I feel like this past year, I was just like hemorrhaging money because I had to hire all the people and do all the things and wanted to support everyone and their mother. And this year, it's time to focus on supporting me and to set into motion all of those decisions that I made, everything I've worked on and got the coaching in and all that. And now it's time to get that hard work visible and seen. And there are a lot of ways in which I can find alternative solutions that are more cost-effective and equally beneficial. And so that's kind of like my main mission this year. Less consumerism, more creativity. A small great example of this is the stack of books by my bed. Like I already have about 12 to go for the new year and I have pre-ordered two more. So I think that leaves me with like 15. Anyway, suffice it to say, I don't need to buy books for quite a little bit here. And when I'm done with those, I can move on to choosing books from my list. I'm also all about exchanging books with people. So, you know, that's an option. And when it is, I will welcome it with open arms. And yes, this means I might miss out on the hottest reads right when they come out, but it also will save me lots of money on books and help me to use what I already have before just moving on to the next thing. Um, I don't do like word of the year or goals necessarily, but I do want to focus on two themes this year. Hopefully, I mean, this is all like if I don't forget them by February, because I'm pretty sure I chose a word of the year last year and I could not tell you for the life of me what that word was. So let's hope at least one of these two stick. But for 2022, I'm focusing on intention which goes back to decision-making and choosing and saying yes to things mindfully, intentionally, thoughtfully, slowly, and putting intention behind the things that I'm doing. This will require more time, and that is okay. There's a wonderful phrase out there that goes, uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. I think it's a naval phrase, and so often 
smooth begins with being intentional. Even down to like my Emily brand colors, my Emily Aborn brand colors, I was just like in such a hurry to go fast this year because I was getting clients. I needed a, I needed a website. And so I just kind of like slapped fonts on there, put some colors out there that I liked and called it a day, sent it to the woman who was helping me design my website, Sarah Gio, and she took it and ran with it. But when I really took some time with it, I realized like the colors and the offerings I had put out had very little intention behind them. And they were just sort of like a little of this, a little of that. Let's dabble here, dabble there. So now I'm being more intentional in what I'm choosing, including the services I'm offering, kind of like honing in on those things and the colors I'm choosing, the copy on my website, et cetera, et cetera. Intention. That is one of my focuses for 2022. The second focus is visibility. Time to drink my own Kool-Aid and start being a little bit more visible. And for me, this looks like being on other people's podcasts, doing workshops, showing up more in She Built This with my face and some other little things I have in the works too, which are surprises for later. Um, Also in this little grab bag of a section, I wanted to share my favorite podcasts of the past year with you and a book. And maybe you would include those in your new year if you felt like they were up your alley. Um, I discovered a lot of great new podcasts this year. It was like very exciting. I guess I just kind of like opened myself up to a new Uh, new podcast listening territory. And it's been really fantastic. I've learned a lot of new things. The first one I've been listening to, I've been listening to since 2019. And it's Angela Lucier's Claim the Stage podcast. She gives tons of practical advice on public speaking and speaking up in general, as well as she does what I do do and shares her insights along the way, although I will say she does it in a far more eloquent manner. (laughs) Her recent episode, 12 Ways to Be Awesome in 2022, is a must listen. I highly recommend listening before the ball drops if you can. I've already listened to it twice and taken notes, and I plan to do so a third time. Angela is going to be a guest on my show, and you'll hear that episode uh, next week. The second podcast is Julie Brown's This Shit Works podcast. I've already told you that I've all but like binged all of her episodes. I really love Julie's show. She's smart and funny and shares on a variety of topics that help you whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you just want to live a more curious and successful life. And last but not least, not that they need more listeners, but I love the Smart List podcast with Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. I just find it so funny. And they have great guests who have good stuff to say and share fun stories. Uh, My favorite book of the past year on a self-development level was The High Five Habit. I'm still trying to get Mel Robbins on this podcast, by the way. I even sent her a She Built This Care package filled with a foot soak, naughty good bites, a candle, some teas, a bracelet from Heidi Bell at Making Waves, and some other goodies. And like, as I'm saying this, no joke, I just checked my email. There's an email in my inbox from Mel Robbins. I kid you not, I cannot make this stuff up like her weekly roundup, but whatever, it might still be a sign. Anyway, if you know her, please drop a good word in for me and tell her I need to get her on this show. Um, I highly recommend the high five habit. It's really great. And for me, it was life changing when it comes to confidence and also taking action that's aligned with your values and desires and where you want to go. My favorite book of the year on a more fun note was uh, any of the Kristen Hanna books, but I really loved The Great Alone. And right now, I'm trying to finish it before 2022. I'm reading the book On Form and Emptiness by Ruth Ozeki, and 
I just love it. I, I just love books. Uh, last but not least, now that you know what's kind of like inspired me this past year, and perhaps we'll do the same for you, I wanted to share the things that I'm proud of in the past year. I'm proud of, and some of them are silly. I'm proud of sleeping better and focusing more on my sleep health and hygiene. I have not been a good sleeper since I was 21. And finally, 14 years later, I feel like I'm getting the hang of it and getting in tune with my body's natural rhythms and needs. I'm also proud of getting like 80% better with my anxiety. That gives me hope that I can get to 100% better the more that I keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm really proud of making the big decisions that brought my business to where it is getting more aligned with what lights me up and what helps to deliver the very best to the members of She Built This and to my one-to-one clients. On paper, this year doesn't really look much different from where I was at the end of last year, but internally, it's worlds differently. And as I take stock of 2021, I'm like, this was a really wacky one, you know, but I guess they kind of all are in a way, don't you think? I mean, at least they are for me. Um, Last but Definitely not least, I just wanted to say that I am so extremely grateful for you because without you, this podcast is not a podcast. It's just me sitting in my office at six o'clock in the morning talking to myself. I'm very grateful for all of you who listen regularly, those of you who have just joined us, those who send me messages about the episodes and write reviews and engage with me, and those who share and offer me your thoughts about the podcast, and also those of you who just listen and don't say anything at all. I'm really excited to show up even better for you in the coming year and support you in your own journey to pursuing the life of your dreams. And on that note, I think I need to take a nap now because I've been up since like four o'clock working on my notes and outlines. I covered a whole lot. So I'm just going to leave you with have a happy new year, be safe, and I will see you on the other side. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.